Just call me a turkey because I want to get stuffed. I may not cook, but I'll bring fresh gossip to every potluck. Ooh. <laughs> Big mouth. Big mouth, big personality, big butt. Of course they live in the Big Apple. <laughs> in this house, I'm teaching my daughter how to read a book and a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's an old one. I couldn't come up with a Oh my one. God. No, I loved it. It's sort of Thanksgiving related in the fact that we're all so grateful for so many <laughs> I I didn't outlets know and whatnot. It was, I didn't know it was supposed to be Thanksgiving, really. Me either. Well. This is off theme. You know what? The theme of the episode is in our connection with each other. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It is, in fact, a special Friendsgiving episode. And I have to give a little bit of history, even though I'm going to fuck this up. I, like, literally do not remember the history. As I say, I'm going to share the history with everyone. But these are... Three people joining the pod for this very sassy, fun little app who I have loved for years. In fact, we were on a years-long DM thread, which did at one point, unfortunately, go rest in peace. But it must be resurrected <laughs> as a part of this app. So who better to have an Andy's Girls Friendsgiving episode than some of my favorite friends. You know him as content manager, pop culture at Betches Media and host of the podcast, Mention It All, and creator, of course, of Bravo by Betches. Welcome back to Andy's Girls, Dylan Hafer. Dylan, how are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad to be among friends. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. Okay, you also know this guest as Pet Shop Boy and host of the podcast, The B List. Welcome back to Andy's Girls. Be greater. Be how are we? It's good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> and she is the co-creator of the Instagram accounts Bravo Betch and Moms Being Petty. I'm so excited to hear Maybe some petty thoughts during this episode. Welcome to Andy's Girls, your first time on the People's People's Couch a la Zoom. Welcome to AG, Katie McBurdick. Katie, how Hi. are you doing? I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> I can't believe that we have never done a group episode before. That feels somewhat strange to me. Dylan and B, have you guys done an AG together or any kind of pod? I don't think so. I don't, together? I don't think I've ever done like more than one person on a pod. I don't think. Oh, oh wait, I have. I've been on guest on one, but not in this with anyone present. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm gonna. I want to do one coming up soon for mine. Um, for girls trip. Oh, uh, for girls trip. Want to have? Is yeah, for I want to have Heather and Leon at the same time. That'd be. It'd be good, right? Oh wait, you mean like having actual housewives? On yeah, the pod. yeah, that yeah. That would be very cool. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um. So, guys, this is a Friendsgiving episode. What are your plans for Thanksgiving, Katie? Do you have anything, or do you have anything scheduled, coordinated? What's going on? What's going down? Yeah, we have a busy weekend, but um, we're just gonna go to my parents' house with the kids, and Love and the, we're going to the zoo. <laughs> it's a big weekend. On Thanksgiving. <laughs> no, it's the whole weekend. That's cute. Oh, oh, okay. I was like, I thought you were going to like 
zoo in California. If you guys at home could see my face when I was like, <laughs> is that where you're catching the turkey? <laughs> yeah. We go, we get the animals. There. That's where her family lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be called the zoo. Yeah. My mom's house could be called the zoo. <laughs> oh my God, I'm into it. Dylan, are you going home? What are you up to? Uh, no, I'm staying in the city. Going to have myself a little relaxing weekend, see some friends. Um, you know, hopefully just enjoy like not talking about Bravo for a few days. That's kind of like my. It's my happy place. Mm -hmm. I like to reset, not talk about it. It's nice. Yeah. Wait a second. So I am going home, but I'm doing it in a day like a psychopath, which I've done once before where I'm taking the Amtrak. This is how fuck I it's. I forgot to buy my ticket. Wink, wink on accident. So I am taking like the the some of the few available times I'm taking like the noon train back to rhode island i arrive at like 3 45 i'm doing thanksgiving and then i'm leaving at seven which feels you're gonna be there for like (laughs) it's giving midnight train to georgia (laughs) you're gonna have to like take a piece of pie on the train back with you (laughs) to leave before dessert it reminds me of like karen huger sitting on the train doing her curls and her hair like while she's filming a tiktok (laughs) the guy's like can you move it's like this is you with food (laughs) it's literally gonna be me pretending that i'm in a town that i am not when i'm like literally back on the train a la 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 the grand dame yeah it's a little nuts but still maybe we'll hang over the weekend or something a girl's gotta do what a girl's gotta do i'm just saying What are your plans? Are you staying in the city? What are you doing? I'm staying in the city. I actually love New York and when it's Thanksgiving. A lot of people clear out. It gets really quiet. I'm doing a Thanksgiving with some friends that I typically do Thanksgiving with. It's a little bit of an overrated holiday, but I do love it. But it's not my favorite. Turkey doesn't hit. Never will. Yeah. Why Why does all turkey taste like the turkey has never tasted a drop of water in its life? Like it's always dry never hit so you could put you know it's, we need to switch that but i'm gonna eat regardless i would not i mean i firmly believe that and i also think that turkey is possibly as thirsty as mia so yeah. i, I prefer christmas <laughs> i mean new york city at christmas time is ge- this it's romantic is over here it's genuinely romantic like yeah. seeing the lights well, I rom-com. listen to some jazz. It's a full rom-com. I'm like listening to Ella Fitzgerald walking around living my best life, mm-hmm. yearning for whatever <laughs> <laughs> is how that'll go. Um, So guys, I have a question for you. I mean, this is, again, the first time we're doing this. I'm so excited to have you all here in my little Zoom window, just staring lovingly at all of you. Um, So, you know, it's the Thanksgiving episode. I just kind of <laughs> keep saying that over and over. <laughs> I think they again. know, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like fuck they're just gonna start fast forwarding <laughs> she really loves thanksgiving <laughs> she, she drunk really is she, she drunk <laughs> <laughs> so my question to you is during a time of alleged gratitude is there anything inside the bravo universe that you are thankful for or grateful for it could be like literally anything b let's start with you I have a couple things. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to decide because I'm happy. I'm thankful that Ale- Alexia Ekavaria found love, found the love of her yes. life. She deserves it. I'm glad that she's back with us. 
Um, I'm, I'm thankful that Whitney found Lisa Barlow and they now have a friendship because that's the only thing that Whitney has ever wanted more in her entire life is to backstab her best friend and cousin just to get to the good graces of Lisa Barlow. I'm happy that Lindsay and Danielle had a falling out, although I am typically team friendship. Um, I think that it's going to kind of integrate or introduce a new dynamic on that cast and not be two divisions, uh, a division between like the old cast and the new. So that might be interesting, um, but I'm going to always ride for Lindsay. Um, I'm, I'm thankful that we have Dr. Dr. Nicole. I'm glad that she's in my life. I really enjoy her. Um, she's the white Ashley Darby. Um, but most of all, the thing that I am most thankful for right now is that Real Housewives of, the Bev- Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is no longer on the air um, for the rest of the year. I'm glad that we're done with the conversation about any of those women. Um, I hope that we don't talk about them today, but I'm sure it'll come up. Um, I'm tired of Kathy Hilton. I'm tired of Lisa Rinna. I'm tired of Erica Jane. I'm even tired of Garcelle. I love you, Garcelle, but I'm, I'm tired. But I'm glad that they're off the air for a bit and they're not going to film until the new year. That's what I'm most thankful for. Wow. wow. So much. <laughs> so, so much. Yeah. I found that all fascinating. I really did. There's so much to be thankful for. And Dr. Nicole is Latina, right? She's Cuban. You know what she is? She's Cuban. Cuban. Yeah, sorry, sorry. She's not the white. Uh, yeah, she's white passing. Yeah. She's the Miami. She's Miami. Miami. We lo- if you're listening to this, Dr. Nicole, I love you. I love Dr. Nicole so much. Don't you? <laughs> she gives yeah. Ashley Ashley Darby energy in the best way. Mm-hmm. I mean that in the best way. She's an she's agitator. She's hungry for it. <laughs> she's hungry for it. She's an agitator. She looks amazing. Um and I, I feel like even when people are coming for her, she's she kind of sits in it. She doesn't let it oh, yeah. take her down. You know, like she feels they thought they were going to bring her to the Hamptons and read her. And she ended up reading the entire table. She's got some she's got some older women that are perhaps, you know. You know, wishing they were. Yeah. Looking like holding her. a mojito, <laughs> holding a mojito. <sighs> <laughs> I think in a couple of years she'll be holding center mojito. And I also appreciate how much fucking money she has. That fucking house. And the taste. Have you seen the inside of that? She's got taste. And you can't buy that. Clearly you can't buy that on Miami. Have you seen some of those houses? (laughs) (laughs) That was actually the storyline, right? That she said that she thought that Lisa Hochstein's house was kind of tacky. Which it Mm -hmm. is. It is. It looks like the inside of a Barton G's. Is that Barton G? Wait, is it Barton G? Is that the name yeah. of the restaurant? Yeah. No, it is. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is where they bring <laughs> yeah. out a cotton candy yeah, and yeah. ask for a side yeah. salad. Yeah. And it like makes literally no sense <laughs> and it's ha- halfway on fire. Um, listen, so many great moments of gratitude. Dylan Hafer, do you have anything that you're thankful for inside the Bravo world in whatever way? Well, of course I'm thankful for, you know, all the wonderful friendships and connections I've made in the Bravo community. I'm also really thankful that I'm employed in Ramona Singer's Not. Um, this holiday season, um, Got you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I also, I also am thankful as earlier today, I had a chance to watch the premiere episode of Leva's new show, Southern Hospitality. Ooh. And I am thankful that they found a deranged bunch of, um, degenerates, that are going to bring a fresh new energy to the screens of Bravo because the first episode, it's some of these personalities are truly um, off the charts and we'll see how it, we'll see where it goes, but I'm, I'm encouraged. Well, that's so hard to find on reality TV. Cause, cause those people are never attracted to reality. 
<laughs> my God. Katie, what about you? Well, I know it's cheesy, but I am thankful for all of you guys Aww. and just the friendships mm-hmm. that watching Bravo and then creating this account and all the fun stuff we've gotten to do over the years. And yeah, I'm just really thankful for that. Yeah, because we were we were having a kiki at the BravoCon so much yeah. so that the woman behind us and the row behind us was like, can you shut up? We <laughs> were talking through the panel. That was the best part of BravoCon. <laughs> Was like hanging with you and Sarah. I didn't get to spend much time with Dylan, but I know. And then and Steve, like I just left feeling so happy and just like, you know, hanging with my people. We did also share custody of B. Like we had a negotiation <laughs> before each panel, and we were like, okay, who gets, who gets to sit, to next, sit to next to B for this panel? Okay, you got him last time, so I'll go three seats over, <laughs> and then we'll circle back after. And also, truly, evidently, he's Madonna. I did not see anyone aside from actual literal Bravo <laughs> lips, and maybe some of those didn't receive this kind of reception. I thought they saw a housewife. I know I, they were screaming, and I was like, "What's going on? What happened?" I turned around and I was like, who is, who is here now? And cause like every time a housewife would walk by, people would just swarm them. I was like, that's yeah, what was happening. <laughs> I turned around and it was him. It was like taking and photos with women, women holding chicken fingers pictures. and white wine. It's fucking amazing. Honestly, best weekend of my life. <laughs> there was one moment where you were laughing cause you were like, you were like taking it all in and it was like an amazing look, but then more people were coming over to you. Like, you took it in and had the moment I was like what the fuck is even like I took a photo of all of these women coming up to you needing to take photos because it was honestly so magical so I was incredibly there for that I love women so it's great Um, speaking of BravoCon I am very appreciative and thankful for being in the audience at the Salt Lake City panel also known Mm. as era of reunion Mm -hmm. because was there a moment a panel that could come close to the tension and just endless fire shooting out of that panel i think not i Mm. think not that poor moderator they ran all over him (laughs) who was the moderator karamo was it karamo that makes so much sense actually that checks out wait no i thought he actually did a good job i was surprised I thought he was able to kind of like really? keep things moving. Yes, I was shocked. But I, I shouldn't stop saying how shocked I was when he was good. But like, I really was. Now, I missed the Salt Lake City panel. And I specifically remember oh. being annoyed when I knew that it was Karamo moderating it. Because I think his um, his e-red carpet coverage over the last year or two was some of the worst uh, work done on TV. And so I was like... <laughs> Not the worst work done on TV. I haven't checked out his new... Um, talk show that's like replacement maury i can't imagine it's giving anything i anything. need but um you know it's i trash good, I watched good it. for karamo they have pink sauce lady on there oh did he yeah pink that's sauce lady and he's a pink sauce lady apologist so that tells you all you need to know <laughs> what's so, in the sauce <laughs> what's in the sauce <laughs> it's pepto-bismol you guys can you give a little background to the people who may not know what pink sauce is? Sarah, I don't I don't think you spend too much time on TikTok, but there was this lady who was selling this mysterious condiment that looked like paint and it was like <laughs> light pink. And all these people were buying the sauce and then there were like inconsistencies like some people were getting one that was like <laughs> like 
like, <laughs> thicker or runnier, and then like there oh. there were people were getting just, the runs. It was. <laughs> Crayola crayon and being like, put this in your body. The nutritional facts on the back were like printed out and like stuck on and, and like glued on with <laughs> glitter glue. <laughs> and then, and the calorie like content didn't food? even add up. People were like adding it up. They're like, you just made these numbers up. They don't actually even compute oh, yeah. to the same. It said the bottle had like 178 servings <laughs> in it or something. <laughs> oh my God. You can like dole it out with a thimble. Actually, that reminds me of a question that I have for you guys because there were, of course, stalls at BravoCon selling shit in the whatever it was, bazaar or whatever, which I unfortunately didn't have time to go near because I was too busy waiting in line or trying to find a bathroom. But um, is there, in, in a la holiday season, is there a recommendation you have or a review of an item that you have purchased, created done by a bravo lab for those who are thinking of having santa deliver something that feels a la bravo tv.com well you can check out shop bravo you just came out with candles yeah we just like that. launched some holiday candles and a couple ornaments and there's that. sweatshirts and shirts and makeup bags soon so yeah check it out that's exciting how many plug. wicks how many wicks on your candles <laughs> <laughs> we're a one wick candle wow family. wow 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 okay all right still works but what do i want for christmas <laughs> but what do i want <laughs> for christmas still <laughs> what about you i live in an apartment like i don't have room for a three wick candle like where is that going yeah. like i'm trying to put a candle on my like bedside table or on like mm. a windowsill like I don't need a bucket of wax with three wicks like I think that's mm-hmm. I think the the emphasis on wicks is a little overblown because I simply just don't have room um I did the one thing I bought at the Bravo Bazaar was a She by Sheree hat um oh. which I mean like I'm glad I I'm glad I have it I guess uh I would not necessarily say that it's a must purchase holiday item no i haven't looked at the normal price because when i went to the bravo bazaar i was like oh how much is the hat and he was like well with the discount it's 35 and i'm like okay sure um i don't know what the BravoCon discount was i didn't get any special deal um but that's no i think buy some katie's candles (laughs) (laughs) i feel like the discount was that it was actually in stock that well, was I, the deal I, that they I were wanted the black you. one and I had to settle for the tan because they were sold out <gasps> of the black. They probably brought like three of them, but. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> B, what about you? Do you have something that you love or that you've seen or that you loathe and tell people not to get? No, I'm just going to promote Heather's Heather Gay's new book, um, Bad Mormon. You can pre-buy it or I'm sorry, not pre-buy. You can uh, pre-order it pre-order. on Amazon or wherever you pre-order your books. Yeah. She was on my podcast. So I'm a plug for myself. Oh, she was on my podcast this past week. Love. So the episode will be out later this week. And we were talking a lot about the book. And it just sounds really interesting. All of the different chapters are named after different songs. Um, and we talked a bit about that. And it sounds really interesting. So um, that's what I'll probably suggest. Did a good book, book from a good woman. I did not read the book, but I know it's going to be good. How about that? <laughs> I have start, I've started reading the book. I've, I've oh, you read did? One it's good, chapter. yeah? Okay. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm... I was like, I'm going to read a book. And I read one chapter <laughs> of Heather Gay's book. And 
I I mean, it doesn't come out till February, so I will yeah, I will yeah, pick true. it back up at some point. But February twenty seventh um, of two thousand twenty three. That's like when I had Siggy on my podcast before. <gasps> before she no, before she read this was after season <laughs> one. That before I agreed to do that. Disclaimer: <laughs> Before shut the fuck up. Before season two, when we hadn't yet met Marge, and she was like you know, hashtag systematic bullying. There's a new person on the cast and she really bullies me. And I was like, oh my God. And so I wanted to be able to say that I had read her book, but I literally read the index before I read like the first page of the acknowledgements. And I was like, I'm reading your books. Again. <laughs> it's so good. And that one sentence was great. Um, may its memory be a blessing. I donated it to charity shortly thereafter. Has any housewife ever had a bigger fall from grace? Than Siggy. Um, well, I mean, you could argue that Mikhail did while she was a housewife after yeah. she paperless post invited herself into the White House. Siggy has gone so beyond the pale, but maybe um, Phaedra, right, would probably be. I think Phaedra at the time, mm. maybe, but mm. but obviously now so things have changed a lot for her. I don't mm-hmm. think Siggy is coming ever back in yeah. the direction of the light. Um, so. Mm-hmm. She was, I mean, she was just at Mar-a-Lago last week for Trump's big announcement. Front row. um, (laughs) Posting with her, her Jack, her Jexit clutch bag. Good time girl out of (laughs) Mar-a-Lago. Like they're like, she was collecting beads. (laughs) (laughs) A Mar-a-Lago gra. Tits out for Trump. Go so quickly off the tracks. Um, the Phaedra of it all, though, does oh. raise an interesting question, which is the idea of utilizing Ultimate Girls Trip as a genuine either audition back on the show or reintroduction if those decisions have been made. How did you? How do you feel about that kind of concept, like this creation of this new offshoot, which many people have been asking for for years and too many people really did deliver when it came out. So B. what do we have right now? We have, they're all in process, right? Because the only person that we've actually seen return to something um, is Phaedra so far, who's been a cameo on Dubai. Um, but Taylor, Tamra. Yeah. Yeah. Phaedra. That's it, right? So far? I'm sure right? many of the Dorinda's New Day is coming. Sure, yeah, Dorinda's Day is coming. Jill, but it hasn't been announced yet. Um, yeah. And Vicky. Confirmed. And Vicky, because she goes on vacation with the girls in yeah. OC this season. Um, but I think the one I'm most excited about is Taylor. Um, yeah. I think that Tamara deserves it the most, but I really am interested in seeing Taylor in a new dynamic and a different space in life because I think she could be a fun person. Um and I just there's something about Taylor I really like. She's dark, obviously, and got a lot of stuff yeah. with her. But but I don't. There's something really likable about her too. I think going into that season of Girls Trip, Taylor was by far the biggest question mark. Like we really didn't, we hadn't seen her on TV in years, and mm-hmm. she wasn't even really active on social media that much in in the in between time. So really, it was she was such an unknown in terms of what's she like now. And I think mm-hmm. it was such a success coming from her on girls trip too. So I, I am excited to see her in that light, but yeah, I mean, I I'm into bringing people back if it is the right time and place and situation. So I think girls trip is, it's fun to kind of expand the possibilities. Who do you think yeah, that girls trip was most sorry to ask another question, Sarah, but I want to know you guys, I'm cause I didn't get to talk to Bravo Holics. Um, well, who do you think though? Um, has been who's been more damaged by 
the experience, right? Wow, that's a great question. Because I think people could argue that Dorinda, but we already kind of knew this facet of Dorinda, but I would say Cynthia. How so? Because she was kind of like a combative Debbie Downer. Debbie Downer, combative. But I think she was probably going through some stuff in her personal life that we didn't even address on the show, which is clear now. But I don't know. Cynthia kind of left me, you know, with a bad taste. What do you think about that? I agree with that. Well, Dorinda. So I was hoping that when when we saw her again, that she would like be like old Dorinda, you know, like yeah, kind of like come back to the one that we loved, but um, mm-hmm. that did not happen. <laughs> and then at RoffleCon, it was really apparent that no yeah. change yeah. was going to happen. So I don't know. Dorinda used to be, she was my like all-time favorite housewife for a really mm-hmm. long time. But um, she's just hard to watch mm-hmm. now. It's like not fun. Yeah, and yet it feels like legacy couldn't be legacy without her, but it does kind of beg the question, be careful of what you wish for, because I think the best personification was that, with that was the nastiness and darkness that she displayed on Girls Trip. You can't blame everything on being the host and the stresses around that. At a certain point, she just has become or revealed herself as parentally mean what if your son died oh my god that moment was so tough (laughs) i don't mean to laugh (laughs) so so chaotic would anyone potentially reference brandy though in those terms or is her darkness just understood as a part of her in the way that it's always kind of been she was not doing anything out of the ordinary for we she was doing exactly what she was being paid to do and we were not shocked by it it was like okay yeah just another day yeah (laughs) that's why i'm just bored with brandy because it's so predictable it's like i think that's yeah that's kind of where i met with brandy that it's like i wasn't shocked or upset by anything she did on girls trip i think she you know did important work on that show but at the same time i'm not like i'm not like yeah get her back on beverly hills asap that's where she belongs it's like i don't it's not like i never want to see brandy in any context again but i don't i don't feel like housewives is something that is kind of a future prospect for her she feels so in the past of beverly hills to me yeah and i don't really know kind of what other bravo type of thing would really make mm. sense for her so i'm i'm okay on brandy yeah I'm, i feel the same way it's like i think if someone like a wild card like jennifer aiden is the perfect person for this because it's like she can have those moments but then she scales back and then you get to see a lot of her personal family life and there's things about her that are really endearing that you you forget about all the craziness and the next thing you know she's vomiting in teresa's driveway <laughs> as her husband carries her out like she's a turkey it's like <laughs> It's it's perfect, and it's, like, the right amount of, like, everything, as opposed to Brandy, who's really just kind of, like, one speed to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. That's just me, personally. That actually raises a question that I'd love to get your thoughts on, because it does appear that the upcoming Jersey is going to be a fucking shit show. <laughs> like, the fact that they really, truly did have to, and it was a decision that I, I do believe was genuinely made by production or the network to split the panels because it just didn't it it no longer seemed to be realistic that these women could get through a sentence being on stage together but how do you feel about the upcoming season noting 
that as Teresa and Melissa have both acknowledged, they feel in real time that there's no way to go back. Katie, what do, what do you think about um, Jersey coming up? I'm kind of over Melissa and Joe. Really? Like, really? Yeah, a yeah. little bit. I love Trey. And I love, I love Jennifer Eden. Like, I think she. Do you? Yeah. How, how many people have changed on her, right? It's like, yeah, people don't like her at the first. Since <laughs> yeah. Oklahoma. There's From the very beginning. A... What's, I this, mean, what's this fucking is... country music? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> but like, how great was that, though? You know? So like, good. Yeah, yeah. She's an A-plus housewife. She's she exactly is. what, like, a housewife should be. Mm, and a Jersey housewife. It's a great yeah. casting choice. Yeah. 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 I think at this point, it's like, I'd rather see melissa go back and forth with jennifer because i feel like there's like some kind of push and pull there whereas like the Mm. Teresa melissa thing to me is so tapped out and it's like if you guys don't have any kind of desire to be friends with each other then that's fine it's been like 10 years i don't need you to be in this like forever like facade of we're trying to get to a good place as sisters so Mm -hmm. i think it's almost like with jennifer i feel like there's a little bit more of an ability to be like doing it for tv whereas with Teresa and melissa it's like okay i don't it's fine just just separate yeah b what do you think unpopular opinion here i think that i agree with you dylan and i think that eventually they're gonna have to make a decision between one of the two women and i think that yeah i think that they're probably the person that should stay would be Melissa. I, I like Teresa more. Really? I think Melissa really? has more genuine relationships with the larger cast. That's um, true. She does. I mean, she was friends with like the new girls coming on. Um, mm-hmm. She's friends with Margaret. They hang out all the time. She's friends with Jackie. Um, Teresa only really hangs out with like Dolores and Jack and Jennifer. Sorry. And you know what I mean? And I, and I think also like Teresa's story is a little bit like kind of being wrapped up in a bow. It's like kind of perfect. And I honestly don't want to see her life get apart. messed apart again by reality yeah. TV. Like maybe like, let's just leave her where she's at. And not to say that I don't like Teresa on the show, but I think that if you were to choose between the two, I think Melissa still has more mi- mileage, I guess that sounds terrible. That's a good say, point. But, and yet the yeah. difference between like job security and job performance is key here because you could argue that Melissa is better day to day and maybe makes more sense within the construct of the cast and just like the overall deal with being a housewife versus Teresa, who I think a lot of people feels that feels has the most job security of any OG or any housewife because New Jersey has existed for so long using her as the absolute foundational core where even when she's not like the star of the show, she sort of is the show. Yeah. I almost think with Jersey, I would put more, if you think of like Kyle Richards as somebody Mm -hmm. on Beverly Hills, who is always professional, always giving you just enough of what you need and she's never really been kind of like in danger on the show. Mm-hmm. I almost think that Melissa is a better comparison to that than Teresa yeah. because Melissa yeah. ha- mm-hmm. has it together so much more in a lot of ways and is less kind of is less explosive. You, I feel like the network probably knows exactly what they're going to get with Melissa in a way. Media that training really, goes a long way too. Yeah, in a way that's really <laughs> reassuring. And you know, when you're when you're dealing with these kind of reactive people and Jennifer Aiden certainly is that type as well it it 
has to be nice from a network perspective, from a production perspective, that it's like, well, at the very least, like, we know Melissa's going to show up and give us what we need to get. And I think Teresa would be an easier person to find a reason to get rid of, whereas Melissa is kind of gold. Here's some tea, though, that I hear from multiple sources around. I can't see who, but I hear all the time from people around production that they say that generally um, uh, Teresa's the nicest consistently of the cast. She cooks the, st- uh, the production staff dinner. She makes them cookies. Aww. She won't let them leave without like she's been doing this so long. And I think that she yeah. looks at it as family and they say just comparatively, like um, I hear Melissa's like not great with production and one of the like worst to work with. So I don't know. This is just what I hear. So. You know what, but I wonder how much of that, if it was true, had to do with the knowledge that you're walking into a space where your sister-in-law, who you've had shit with for many years, is seen as the star. That would Mm -hmm. make me feel a certain way, which is not an excuse for ill treatment of uh, the crew, obviously, but I would... I could understand there being an underlying tension Mm -hmm. and feeling like I had to prove myself, or even if I did prove myself, it would never be good enough. Yeah, it's true. I want to just state too, that I don't know anything. I have not personally seen Melissa (laughs) treating her. And and she's been nothing but pleasant whenever I've met her, but um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I also have to say that like the idea of not being easy to work with on New Jersey versus in New York City, for example, are the metrics on that. The spectrum has to be so different Mm. where like New Jersey, it's like maybe someone's like rolling their eyes or whatever. And I have no information on the details relating to the rumors or whatever Mm -hmm. versus New York City, where these women are seemingly like trying to actively murder (laughs) (laughs) in daily calls, yelling shitting on floors yeah. <laughs> like, an endless stream of active complaints from just how we've i mean like ramona being an asshole is the new york city friend of you know yeah. like yeah. there's yeah there's a way that uh these that there's a different kind of level of ease and working with someone on one cast or another and i hate to reference this because you mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast but when you even think of how someone is as far as being good to work with, like I think of, for example, trigger warning, Lisa Rinna in probably being somewhat of a professional behind the scenes, but being such a fucking clown on social media that I would argue that's a pretty difficult person to work with because she's dragging the show down every time she posts a fucking Instagram story. Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. 
It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible, memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa, obvs. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a Top Chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. Yeah, but I feel like those, I feel like they probably treat these different franchises. I mean, I don't know. I yes. don't have intel on, but no, I feel like they treat them differently. 100%. I feel like probably different casts have different rules about these kinds of things. I feel like they probably look at a show like Beverly Hills and the more they use social 
the bigger the machine yeah. gets, the more the feeds the beast. And I mean, that's another reason why I think that I'm so happy that that show's not on the air right now. So much plays out in the media and it's become so meta and it's a picture within a picture within a picture that it's just unfun to watch. It's just unfun. And I like shows like Potomac and Jersey where they basically go away for half a year and make you miss them. And then you're so happy to see them again. Make us miss you. I miss those days, you know? Um, (laughs) It's, yeah. That's why I'm really happy for this New York reboot because we don't know much about it. Well, unfortunately, we know some stuff from the past week, but mm. it's. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I'm really excited to like not have a show be in our face the entire year. You know. know. Well, speaking of a show being on your fa- in your face, you mentioned Potomac. I mm. what a fucking. <laughs> I mean, like firecracker of an episode. I would say it was intense and interesting and. I would argue confounding, um, you know, Dylan, starting from the end, what was your kind of reaction to the ways that the women themselves were reacting to the wine or glass toss? Yeah. Well, first of all, I was, I was thinking about the episode and like I had taken notes and I was like, this entire episode took place over the course of like maybe three hours because <laughs> at, at the very end of the episode, it's not even like they've been at the restaurant for hours. They're just getting their food after yeah. all of the drink throwing and shit has gone down. Is that how long it takes to be served at bar one though? You don't know. Could be. It is a Peter Thomas establishment. You guys. It's midnight. They've been there for six hours. Um, no, but I think I was... Uh, first of all it was like obviously there was a lot going on but then when you realize that so much has gone down and it's only been a few hours but also just the way that everyone was kind of involved because the Mm. biggest loudest like splashiest conflict was obviously the mia and wendy drink throw purse hit nail break whatever happened i need slow-mo i need the matrix again but Then you also think, okay, like Karen and Charisse were going at it earlier in the dinner. Giselle and Robin were getting involved. You had, you know, the Ashley and Candace stuff was being talked about. And then it just, the way that everybody kind of is firing on all cylinders is so exciting. It was Um, giving Cartagena. Yeah. there (laughs) There was so much going on at that dinner table. But then also, I mean, it is just... The the Giselle and Robin, uh, uh, it was it was a little tough. I I always am usually on their side. I think more than average, um, but the way mm. that they were just fully just riding the Mia train was, it was tough. <laughs> I hate them for making me team Wendy. <laughs> yeah, no. why do you all me? I hate y'all for making me this way. <laughs> I literally was talking about this on my podcast earlier. I was like. I've been so negative and on Wendy all season Mm -hmm. and this episode, I'm like thinking about it, talking about it. And there's no way that I can not be on her side because whatever she was saying about, about Mia fucking Gordon, uh, fucking Peter, (laughs) you know, whatever, all of that stuff. Maybe she said some things that were uncool, but it's like Mia took it to such a, such another level. It's not even the drink, though. It's the fact that no one at that table besides Karen really had her back. And it's so messed up. Actually a little. And it's like, I don't care, like, if I dislike someone, but right is right and wrong is wrong, right? It's like with the whole Kathy Kathy and Lisa shit, like, I don't like Lisa Rinna, but Kathy said that shit. I don't care what y'all say. 
Lisa may do be a lot of things, but she's not a liar. So I know, right? You know what I mean? And there's no your your face. Anyway, that's a totally different situation. I, I, mean, I, I, I genuinely, honestly think that Lisa is a liar by <laughs> how she talked about the fucking receipts folder and pretending that there was a massive conspiracy that she revealed all of this stuff. And oh my god, the editors are in incri- no. And Andy himself was like, "LOL, she never." I think she's an exaggerator. Envelope. Not like I think she exaggerates. I don't What's know about the difference. Lies. What's the fucking difference? This is the point where the producers would do a black and white like flashback and it's 10 minutes ago and I'm like, I don't want to talk about Kathy and Lisa this episode at all. And yeah. but no, it's... When you said that when you said black and white screen, I just thought of the Johns Hopkins University is not involved. Oh yeah. <laughs> they said do not put us in this. They said they were not Which... taking any chances. <laughs> I do want to get your thoughts on guys, but yeah. Katie, what was your reaction to the the me and Wendy of it all? I'm curious. Or any other aspect. I have to say one thing. Why did Sharice have to talk to Peter about opening a restaurant too? Like, I why do these women want to go into business with Peter? Are you not embarrassed? Like every time you're around, are you not embarrassed? Like every time you're given a mic pack, you show out. Like it's crazy. (laughs) Sharice wants to go into business with a storyline. Any storyline. Yeah, that's true. Because I do champagne. Because I do champagne. What does that mean? I do champagne. Champagne? Okay, me fucking too. But I'm not like calling Peter Thomas. Yeah, well, I do champagne too. Cool. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the standard that Mia was setting of, like, I'm very close to Peter Thomas as if that's something that one should be proud of. And then <laughs> essentially the, the kickoff to this fight was because Mia was had decided that Peter was a member of her family. So when Wendy is responding and saying something and Mia's connecting the dots with, like, oh, you're saying something about Peter. Peter's a member of my family. You know who else is a member of my family? My actual literal husband. It didn't it didn't quite connect because you're starting with the assumption that anyone gives a shit about Peter as much as you do. Yeah. Mia picked a fight with Wendy. A lot of weird stuff going on at that dinner in general, like really dark vibes happening. The weird, there's something very weird about her relationship with Jackie, her best, best friend, Yeah, because y'all don't even like each other. Like this is very well. They're weird. feuding now, right? Yeah, that's, in, in like yeah, real time. that's a whole other thing. Like, because yeah. Jacqueline yeah. didn't pack her deodorant, and so now she's gonna be a musty ass bitch at dinner <laughs> because she already asked for too many toiletries. Yeah, I, <laughs> Mia, Mia makes me laugh so much in a way that is just like I can't ever put my fi- like. She, I think Ray Sani tweeted something last night. She was like, Mia really will just blow any fucking way the wind sends her. And it, it is fascinating, really, to watch Mia, Mia. Mia had me until she said one word. She said ghetto about Wendy when Wendy got up and left the table. And I'm like, literally everything you've done up until this point has been what you would deem all of that. Like, Wendy was just sitting there minding her business, eating her dinner, and you antagonized her about the story with Peter. You threw a drink on her. You had the entire cast turn against her and no one like, and she's, I I just like, and then Robin gets her camera out and starts filming the entire thing. I mean, it was, what the fuck was that? So antagonistic. But like, it's just like all these labels being thrown at Wendy for defending herself. It's just like so maddening. I can't, I can't help but not be team Wendy in this. And I've, I've officially left the Robin Dixon fan club and I don't think I'll ever be back. And the that ride is over. So 
that's what was so kind of confusing and not necessarily surprising, but frustrating is like, I don't know that Wendy, I'm sorry. I don't know that Mia believes her own bullshit, but she's obviously doubling down versus Giselle and Robin who just obviously dislike Wendy, but the way she, they were genuinely seemingly truly mistreating her and getting mad at her for being mad at this other person tossing a water glass and then lunging was comical but also incredibly frustrating and I was very appreciative that at the end of the episode Wendy was like what the fuck are you even talking about you came so hard for Monique and now you're doing the polar opposite like you have to acknowledge the divide it's completely antithetical to what they were seeing saying before i don't know if you guys saw the tr- the sneak peek for next week it gets worse no what happens <laughs> they go back oh, to yeah. the house i don't want to give too much away but they do go back to the house all of the women and they split up okay. into two different sectors wendy goes to her room and ashley checks on her i believe karen does as well and okay. the other women all just go downstairs and hang out with mia and basically just kind of like say it's okay mia you're all right it's like including giselle and robin and i'm like when did you ever afford Monique this grace? You just pick sides yeah. because of who you like and don't like. But mm-hmm. it's Wendy literally physically assaulted her. She threw a purse at her, threw a drink at her. I mean, Mia did. Yes. Did I say Mia? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Said yeah. Wendy. Yeah. I, I said Wendy. Yeah. Oh, sorry. But yeah. We got it. We got but it. you guys we got get it. it. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it. just it's it's. I think it's going to get worse, and it's not going to play out well for Giselle and Robin. But you know what? Robin kind of deserves to get eaten up a little bit at this reunion, and I'll be looking forward to it. What's so interesting to me is that when when Robin took out her phone to record, what she said was like, we're not going to have like a she said, she said, like, I want to know like the facts of what's happening. And I'm like, if you're the one documenting the facts, then why is it so difficult for you to just literally just acknowledge that? throwing the drink on Wendy was not the right thing for Mia to do in that moment. You don't need, it doesn't have to be this big, you know, forgiveness of everything you've ever disliked about Wendy. All it has to be is saying, regardless of everything else in the situation, Mia, that was uncool. And then you can start over hating Wendy just as much (laughs) as you did five minutes ago. But then you don't look like a massive hypocrite by refusing to condemn the drink throw yeah right what they were just saying over and over again was wendy deserved it and yeah wendy they're blaming her so mad they were mm-hmm. blaming her for getting upset and then deciding that her highest <laughs> level of upset after the water after everything else happened they were just truly rewriting the scene and saying well you're really upset now so you're the one to blame because you're instigating the results which doesn't you're like instigating the aftermath which it feels like even if Wendy had been silent at that point, they still would have blamed her. They still would have said, well, you upset this person so much. Obviously, you deserve what followed. And what followed is still somehow your responsibility and your fault. Yeah. I think Mia's flying a little too close to the sun. Ma'am, you don't have a large enough fan base to be throwing drinks at the professor. Wendy will be here next season. You won't necessarily. You have not built actual relationships with the women on this show. Wendy is really good friends with Candace. Karen likes Wendy now, which is really quite a feat when you think about how they fucking started out. So, mm. with Mia, you haven't actually forged any true, real relationships on this show. You you fight with your own friend who you brought on the vacation, who we don't even know why she's here. 
Um, I, right. I think that, you know, Mia, I think could possibly be, I don't want to, I mean, we're like what five episodes into the season, but if Mia mm. left the season, I wouldn't be upset. Wendy, I think should stay. Well, it also made me kind of wish that Candace was in the space because I felt like. Yeah. But then I also am glad she wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> we'll I mean, get, we'll there's not get enough tissue that. in the world. We'll, we'll get, get there. there. <laughs> also, isn't she arriving that night? She's arriving, they said, at 10, 10 o'clock that night. Yeah. I was, me. I was thinking when you were talking about how M- Mia has weirdly uh, immediately turned on this woman, Jacqueline, that she <laughs> is just objectively there because of her. Yeah. It, right. it does. It's a little strange because it reminded me for a second of this past season of Atlanta when Sonya was brought onto the show theoretically through mm-hmm. Drew. And then like mm-hmm. two episodes into the season, Drew decided that Sonya was like the haterist bitch on, on the planet and they couldn't <laughs> be mm-hmm. ever friends again. But the, the problem with that comparison is that in that case, Sonya was hired as a full-time housewife whether or not drew was explain was like there to explain her presence Sonya was going to be around Sonya is like an nbc universal golden girl literally mm-hmm. she's commentating at the olympics for them they are invested in her as a public figure in general she has a future on housewives whereas like now Mia's main storyline other than fighting with Wendy is going to be what feuding with Jacqueline who I couldn't even <laughs> pick out of a lineup. Yeah. Like, that's, yes. compelling. that's exact. That's exactly. And same yeah. with, I mean, we were kind of talking about Salt Lake city before we started recording that it's like so much of the drama all of a sudden is about these friends of that. Again, like Dana and Angie K are like truly nobodies to me. Yeah. Yeah. The lunatics are in charge of the asylum now. You know, right? It feels like there's. Uh, I, I think I said this on the last AG, but it feels like the friends of are auditioning for Jen yes. Shaw's role in front of her, mm-hmm. and I don't know how well that's going. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's awkward. That choir that awkward. choir rehearsal or that choir audition was a metaphor for the auditioning of, and then they had Jen being the MC for her own replacement. Oh. I mean, I don't know that any of those women are going to get the part. What if Mary had shown up? What if Mary had shown up? What if Mary had shown up with a Bible and her, and her robe and just started singing? <laughs> I bet she knows the melody of Away in a Manger better than Lisa Oh, does. my God. I would have died. That's exactly a what we need. star is born. I, I agree. Um <laughs> Thinking, though, about, like, the closing of Potomac, how did you feel about that Johns Hopkins fucking, we don't, what it, I don't even remember what it was because I was so shocked. Johns Hopkins University has no association with Real Housewives of Potomac or something. Right. They have no involvement with the Real Housewives of Potomac. What, what do you think inspired that reaction? And do you think it was actually sent by Johns Hopkins or do you think that was production? Probably a production just trying to cover their asses. Like cover but their Wendy, asses, yeah. But I mean, to quote Wendy, Wendy literally said, I'm the youngest professor at uh, Johns Hopkins University. But why would anyone, the assumption that anyone would think that Johns Hopkins has a connection or involvement with Potomac didn't entirely make sense. She talks about it a lot, right? She talks, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't necessarily think it's that anyone thinks that they do. I think it's more just we're putting it out there that they don't. Like, it's not, like, don't make any mistake, whatever Wendy claims. It's like when, um, it's like when, 
people who are like journalists on Twitter will say like, oh, like these views aren't <laughs> representative of the whatever, like the New York, where, wherever I work. And I think with mm. Wendy, it's like sometimes when she's in, um, you know, address me correctly mode, it, it can get a little bit like name dropping Johns Hopkins and all this stuff. And I don't know. I think Bravo probably just doesn't want any any type of has any franchise ever mentioned universities this much between john hopkins and hampton university hampton. if you'll remember <laughs> you're a whore from hampton university with a hot box what was hot box <laughs> yeah. i forgot about that moment pour one out for uh yovana that bitch from clark yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was that bitch you <laughs> i do want to shift gears just slightly because we touched on Salt Lake City and the Chrisleys just before we started recording we're recording this on Monday night the Chrisleys were sentenced to I think 12 years 12 years she got seven seven and both got additional like year plus in probation and a lot of people responded to that through the lens of Bravo and were like oh even though it's entirely different circumstances and cases just with the thought of like, oh, Jen's about to get fucked. Yeah. Did you did? How do you think that's going to go down when she's sentenced here in New York City in just a couple weeks? I mean, the second she took that plea deal, I was I've been assuming this whole time she's going to get multiple years in prison. So it's yeah, seems par for pretty pretty much right. I don't know. I'll let y'all. Yeah, I don't really care. Fuck her up. <laughs> I guess I don't know. I'm so tired. I don't I follow don't that. Dive into the legal stuff, like. That's like yeah, I it, agree. But I, it's too much for me. It ruins the shows for me. How so? I don't like to. Th- it's like the Erica Jane of it all. Like we're talking about it for three years, and it's just like I, mm-hmm. I don't like. I don't like the legal drama. It's depressing. It's a cloud hanging. Anybody that's ever been to court for anything, it's just like it's. It's not fun to watch someone else go through that. It's just like yeah. Um, I'm not looking forward to the Lisa Hochstein of it all. Um, you know, it's oh, like this divorce, kind of stuff, like it's not fun. It's not something that's easily just like shut and close or open and close. It's going to be something that's going to kind of drag on forever. And we're going to, and I don't know. And people online have all these conspiracy theories and all these like weird, so it's just like, it's too much. And it, and it sucks it's the r- air out of the room on these shows. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's the stakes are too high and it's like depressing. It's like, I, I miss mm-hmm. the days of fighting about hospital smell. Yes, yeah, I mean, just come on, you know, it's like, it's yeah, too it's much. just too much. It's too dark. It's like, yeah, everything she did is awful. So like, so Lock sad for everyone that she fought. <laughs> but but then it's like her family. Like, that's yeah, so no, totally. Sad. It's so sad for her family. It's just all. Or don't much. lock her up. Just leave me alone. Yeah. I, yeah, <laughs> I think it's tough because it's like, I'm interested in kind of how the women react to her. Mm. to mm-hmm. the stu- to the the stuff that she has brought to the group and the way that Meredith has navigated her relationship with Jen these last couple of years Heather's you know kind of seemingly insistence that she's still going to be a ride or die for Jen seemingly until they're sending letters to each other in prison I don't know but I I think the the way we have to talk about it on every episode like the guys yeah. are having this barbecue day which like first of all who fucking cares but oh then God, it's like okay like at least like seth marks and john barlow talking is about uh, like present drama within the group mm-hmm. whereas then we all have to come back inside and be like oh yeah so uh so coach shaw how how are you <laughs> handling how are you <laughs> handling the impending 
you know, dismantlement of everything you've built for yourself. And he's like, well, you know, family every day, it's hard. And it's like, yeah, that's not interesting. Like it sucks for them, but it's like, I want drama. That's, it doesn't feel like drama. It feels like you're watching somebody's life be ripped away from them. Mind mind you that like Jin Shaw, when all of this started happening, we'd only known her for a year. This happened her second season. So like, and honestly, and also Jin Shaw, arguably one of the fastest burning out stars ever. Like she Mm -hmm. came on in the first episode, everyone was like, oh, this will be interesting. And by the third episode, we were like, shut up. I no more. It's too much. (laughs) So like, it's just like, did we ever really even know her? So why do we care? Like there's not enough here. Like if Kyle Richards had something happen to her, we would be super Mm. invested because we have been with her for years. We, Mm -hmm. we've seen all the different sides of her, but yeah, it's just like, I don't know. Like we were with Teresa. Yeah. With, with Jin Shaw, it's like, well, I guess, I mean, I, that seems like it checks out. I don't know. Well, good luck. I don't know. Yeah. I think also like what you mentioned about Lisa Hochstein, it's like compare that with Ashley Darby where it's like yeah. for Ashley, it's this yeah. kind of like liberation. And of course there are tough moments and there are ups and downs and she's navigating all of it, but it feels like a positive change in her life where with Lisa, we're about to watch her life be ripped away from her. And yeah. it's like, maybe and we missed a lot of it. To- Right. And like, maybe she'll come out of it stronger at the end. But like, that's not what's going to be on this season. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think sometimes also, and I don't know that this is necessarily true, but I just like, I think sometimes when stuff like this happens mid season, um, I think the producers sometimes feel, I feel like they can like feel like they can rest on their laurels and just kind of be like, well, we don't really have to like have focus on the other small things now because now we've got this big thing that's just going to take over the rest of the season. And like all of the other like little kind of like insular fights and, and all of these like other kind of dynamics happening don't they fall by the wayside because we're just focusing on this one person's storyline. So just like I said, it takes the air out of the room and I feel like production kind of like doesn't really look outside of that for like content Mm -hmm. i don't know that's the way it feels i don't know how long this will last but i certainly have to just kind of go off of and think of the salt lake city panel which truly barely referenced jen i mean not only i'm sure because they were seemingly under strict orders not to but they also didn't need to which to me indicates that there could be a really interesting future without without her i just don't think it's going to involve the friends of who are auditioning for a role that neither of them should be cast i think yeah that's what's been frustrating me these last couple weeks is i felt like at the beginning of the season having a cast of five obviously there's not a lot of extra room to kind of play around with and everybody really needs to be clocked in and i felt like up through that trip to arizona it was working for me i felt like that trip Mm -hmm. was really was really tight it felt like everybody was kind of contributing and there was you know kind of bouncing back and forth between the different interpersonal dynamics and then it's like the second they got back from Arizona the producers or whoever kind of panicked a little bit and they were like okay uh uh we we've got a lot more season to go send in Angie send in other Angie send in (laughs) Dana uh make sure we've got the (laughs) The husband's Finsta ready to go. And it's like... Is that Finsta like, up and running? All right, good. It felt like those first, like, four or five episodes, it was like, okay, this this is... It, it might not be perfect, but there's something... It at least feels like all the f- ingredients in the recipe are correct. Yeah. Whereas now it's like, 
okay, I, I just like when you know it's just like Dan, like I can't with the, the friends. They're not they're not really they they don't fit with the group. And maybe Angie Harrington is like a little bit better because we knew her last season, and yeah, I don't know. But like they're just trying too hard. They just want to get you know what? When we're getting like one on one scenes back to back, where it's like okay, Jen's right. with. Jen's with Angie, Meredith's with Dana. They're going to be calling each yeah. other, and then mm-hmm. Dana's going to have an issue with Jen. It's like this—they can be around, but the story can't be hinging on them when we don't know who they are. Yeah, mm. and also like the funny thing about Salt Lake City is that like this now at this point, at its worst, it's like a basic housewife show, which speaks to how good the show casting was. Like right out the gate, I think Salt Lake City more than any of the fran- well, up there with the top had such a clear identity. Like it mm. was religiously diverse. It had like such an odd cast, but everyone was so good. And I think that yeah. we had it so good so early and most, most shows take so long to get to that point. So to see it kind of get to now, I think that's just the main, it's still watchable. It's just like, these are the issues is that we're, it's kind of having an identity crisis so early into it's, it's a shame, you Run. know? Yeah. yeah, I think it's just going to be casting. I think they may probably need to take some time after this season airs and just like really give them a full break and really dive into finding some really original or bring back, I don't know, Mary. Like we really do need some like truly diverse women mm-hmm. on there to kind of really show like the different religious kind of like, you know, aspects of that city. And that's what yeah. made it pop before. And I think that's what's missing. I, that's, I think the casting is tough because since season one, they really haven't added anyone that's worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Jenny Wynn, say what you want what about her mess. time on the show. Obviously, she couldn't come back. Um, and <laughs> right. then this season, we have these friends of, none of whom seem to really be clicking in a way that makes me think, okay, next season they can be upgraded. If anything, mm-hmm. I want them to be disappeared. Yeah. Um, right. So it's like they haven't really ever since casting the initial group found a good addition for Salt Lake. And that makes me nervous because it's like, okay, at some point, and that point is now, if Jen's going to prison, you only have four women on this cast. That's not sustainable. But it's been done. It's been done. Real House, mm-hmm. Real House has a New Jersey season yeah. two. Don't yeah. forget. <laughs> I was going to say that too. Great season. Now, I'm not saying that they, we should do it, but it can be done. In a pinch, Danielle and Teresa will get it done. They said. Right, but then it's like, right, but then it's like next season, who are you? Yeah. Where's your Melissa Gorga? Like, you yeah, gotta yeah. find somebody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That does make me feel a lot of um, thanks and gratitude toward Potomac because I feel like no matter whose side you're on, the cast is stable. Like, I do I think that Mia is a clown show? 100%. Yes. <laughs> but I also think, like, this cast is stable, regardless of what we're arguing about when it comes to what's on screen. I don't have any concerns or nervousness. And I have to say with Salt Lake City, I feel like they're going to find it. I just think that, like, this Jen stuff is honestly at its core super awkward because we know the ending while the story is going on and we're all tiptoeing around the idea that this woman is professing her innocence. I don't even know that we're tiptoeing around it. We're just fucking walking into it and we know that she's not, which most of us knew before or suspected. And now that she has 
you know, since changed her plea. It's like, let's just get through this and whatever happens with um, the reunion and then um, kind of go from there. And speaking of new beginnings and <laughs> what will happen in the future, I mean, we did start the episode quasi by talking about the New York City reboot. I'm curious for everyone's thoughts since this is a huge reshifting and recalibration for the New York City franchise with the split, with the cast, um, and with the show fully in production at this point. Do you guys have any perspectives or opinions on the reboot itself? I'm excited. I'm really excited for the new Good. one. Good. Yeah. yeah. Same. Okay. Same. Um, I need I need it to be a success. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need yeah. it to be. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like if it's not, I've been such a fucking Debbie Downer on AG about it because I'm just like, I feel like I'm just annoyed that it's like women in their fucking like early to mid 30s. But then there's also another way to look. at. I'm so used to New York classic. You can't compare. I know I can't compare, but it's like my physical <laughs> reaction is like, compare. Like I'm thinking of it as like a new show about New York. Yeah, but also... When right. Roni started, they were around this age. Let's be clear. I mean, we know them as like Ramona song- was like fifty. She was, but these like also Luann was around the same age as like kind of these women. They're like in their like forties, late thirties. Yeah, isn't but 30s. isn't Jenna Lyons in her? Jenna Lyons, yeah, like Jenna 50. Lyons is in her fifty four. Okay, yeah, okay. right. But Jenna Lyons, I think, is the exception to the rule in that cast. I, I think, think there's the woman, yeah. the woman Erin. I think yeah. she's a little bit older, right? Um, I think regardless of age. I think it's going to be yeah. like really interesting and just like obviously diverse, but also women that like are obviously like really have true careers in the fashion doing industry stuff, and yeah. doing stuff right. that in the show doesn't have to just yeah. be about them filming a show. They actually have, there's real stakes That's here. A good point. There's stakes yeah. now. And, and I think that they are actually friends. I mean, these women have all been friends years before the show was casted. So I'm really looking forward to it. And I think that like people complaining that they've never heard of a lot of these women. Well, probably don't, know who Jenna Lyons is and that's a whole other thing. Wait but, a second. Yeah. <laughs> Why are women complaining about not that? I take it. I think it's right. Why I are think women it's, saying that they don't know that that's the best case scenario? I know. It's like, these women. That's, that's about Salt Lake City. Exactly. That's what I say. It's like, we didn't know who Heather Gate was before and look how great it is that we had this entire we cast of women. That. We want to get to know that. these women. Yeah. You don't want people that have been on reality shows before. No. I mean, we've been gushing about Potomac. None of these women were right. at all well-known relevant anything Mm -hmm. before they were on tv i think i'm i'm excited i always like to approach new things on bravo with uh you know cautious optimism because Mm -hmm. you know like i want there to be new things to get excited about i want things to be good i'm gonna have to watch it anyway that's always my philosophy (laughs) i'm like if i gotta if i gotta talk and post and write about this shit for a living i'd rather be enjoying it but i do think I, i think people are being negative in a way that I understand because Mm -hmm. the original Roni franchise is so iconic, but in a way that feels kind of like your head is in the clouds because that's not the Roni franchise that we had to work with in, you know, when they made this decision. And so I, I am excited. And I also have followed Jenna Lyons on TikTok recently and she has been she's been getting up to speed on TikTok. And there was one video where she was trying on outfits for, for a the party, party that she was a party <laughs> that she was attending where the theme was gold 
khaki uh-huh. and black and that is just like <laughs> but the <laughs> outfit the choices three. were so out there and by the way the way she talks like if there's any doubt that jenna lyons is going to be an amazing housewife i think she's going to be she's like a giraffe she's just like <laughs> like like not overly physical she's tall as fuck by the way but like also just kind of like otherworldly like is not of this world like she mm-hmm. talks very strange <laughs> she's like I, yeah yeah, she kind of just is going to be, I can tell that she's going to be someone that's really funny to watch doing interviews and testimonials when people aren't around to hear her say things about them. Um, whether that goes in a good way or bad way for her, I don't know, but I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I think that this seems like a really great cast, but I am bummed that we're already hearing stories about Lizzie Savetsky yeah. leaving because um, it's not good for anybody that this early on that someone's like having to dip out. Yeah, I'm just really curious because I know they have started filming at some point, you know, since BravoCon. I'm curious how much Lizzie is yeah. going to be on the right. season. She might I wonder, might even on it. it. Yeah. Because mi- yeah. right, depending on how the <clears throat> filming schedule breaks down, a lot of the time they're filming for a couple weeks or even longer before they really get into group scenes. I think they, some of them just were traveling together, but not the whole group. And, you know, if they're, if it really is a newer group, they might be doing kind of more pickups and smaller scenes before it really dies. They did a, gr- so I'm, a I'm, girl's I'm, trip just now last week. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's great. To the Hamptons. So nice. Oh. I'm curious. Yeah. I'm curious to see if they almost, edit Lizzie out if not entirely like to the point where you never really feel like she was a housewife because it sounds which like I don't yeah. think would be the worst idea and I also that Dylan reminds me of when Tamara was talking about coming back on Orange County she like already had this crazy trip planned they were going to Europe or wherever the fuck they were going and she noted that it wasn't a big deal that filming on the new season had started while she was away because she said like the first week or first couple weeks were like kind of a skeleton crew (laughs) and obviously that's a different situation because it's a a train already on its tracks like that's a different vibe than restarting and I'm sure whatever you know New York production had planned but it does raise the valid point of like filming with these women individually focusing on what their individual storylines are because it's an introduction it's not a reintroduction it's a full introduction to all of us not just necessarily about the vibe of the show but about each woman's individual story and narrative which could absolutely work to everybody's benefit if they are doing a cast reset which we know that they are um, I mean, I have to say for an episode about gratitude, I'm grateful that all of you have such positive feelings about New York because I've been <laughs> such a dick about have it. Like, I've just been pissed. Really? I'm just, I'm like, I, it's hard for me to think about. You New can't York think about it. My, I know. It's like, it's one of those things that I talked about um, with Richie Sky a bit on the last AG, but just kind of recalibrating in my head that like the real how as Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is a different vibe than Real Housewives of Potomac, but they're both newer generation shows with completely new to us casts. So too can New York. Like New York can also exist and be created in a new world. And I just have to work with myself on like separating this new thing from what New York used to be because that we're so grateful and lucky and fortunate that will continue to exist just on Peacock, on Legacy. Like, we really, truly 
they are doing us a huge solid by having the two. I don't know the future of legacy. I don't think they know the future of legacy and understandably so, but at least having this like separation exist in such a way that you can't say you're upset. The other thing is gone because it's not, it's just been retransformed. I really hope that it succeeds because then that means really great things for the other franchise. When the time comes, if we ever have to do the same thing for their, you know what I mean? It's yeah, kind of yeah. um, um, because I'm really looking forward to today when we can finally say goodbye to Gina and Emily. So, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, are we ending? I'm on still, that? still I guess asking myself why. Why we're why? still here? Why? Why were they casted? But like, why do they keep getting renewed? That's what I'm so Wait confused second. about. It's like I'll you guys have tongue. something on NBC because this is like crazy. Okay, I we've mean- gone from the casita to the four bedroom house. With the 10 people, uh, it's a lot. Nine it's kids. Nine kids? It's crazy. I don't know that they have four bedrooms. I think that they might have less. Like, that's not even me. I think they have I three bedrooms, and there's like yeah. 15 uh, kids. like six bunk beds or something. Explain to me room. how they like still are on this show. In the army, they call that a barracks. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can we end with this question? Because, B, that just kind of inspired me. Do you have a holiday wish is there and it could be bring back somebody fire somebody give me more of whatever is there something that you would love to see to the bravo gods who are absolutely not listening to this episode like is there something that you would wish for a la calling potentially emily and gina from orange county which i don't know that i agreed with but i very much laughed oh at i it. want them out oh okay katie is like that's yeah, yeah. i have <laughs> i want them out but i've been saying for years like when we went to Bravoholics and they asked us, like, you know, our opinion. Do you remember that? Like, the first year? We went to the yeah, – yeah, so we went to the pre-BravoCon. Yeah. BravoCon, which was, like, they invited 30 Bravoholics from all over the country to 30 Rock for a, a day where you got to see – and it was literally just three of us where you got to – talk to Bravoholics and also the network like they sat us down and asked us for our we did like a little focus group right and in there I remember saying like I want OC brand new like wipe them all Mm. out and start fresh like what they're doing with New York so I would love to see that I live in OC so I see the women that could potentially be on the show I think they're missing the mark with I mean even like where they film is so out from like the main part of Orange County. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I want my holiday wish would be Gina and Emily gone and then like a whole new cast for OC. I remember Katie the first time you told me that Coda de Casa is actually like the middle of nowhere and I was like <gasps> <laughs> I don't think I knew that. Yeah, it's like a it's like a housing development in like the back side of Orange County. Yeah, it's not anywhere it's near the something called like a toll road. That it's not like the main freeway. <laughs> uh, okay. so great. But off of road. the main freeway, it's like 25 minutes off of like uh, the main like 405 freeway. Can I ask? I mean, it's sort of tangentially related, but fucking Gretchen Rossi hangs out with people who have so much goddamn money, including mm-hmm. what's her face from Selling Sunset, who now lives in Orange and County. And Casey, what's her face from Laguna Beach? Casey. Bo Brown. Who Heather's, Heather's always like in and out of that group too. Right. And like Layla, Milani, 
right who has yeah. so much fucking money would you like to see maybe that group or do you think like a new group like that or not at all not even like that i don't even like that part like i would like to not see like QAnon barbies yeah no Orange exactly County. yeah no. anybody anybody who calls themselves a good friend of gretchen in 2022 yeah um, <laughs> that really the vibes aren't great um I remember vividly in 2020, oh, no. the summer of 2020, seeing her and Lydia McLaughlin and like a whole army of facetuned women at like a Save the Children kind of Save the uh, Children because she forgot the to children. write the L. Gretchen Rossi's friends are not who I want to see on OC. Not <laughs> and it. Too much connected to, with the to past. say it to say it briefly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dill, what what's your holiday wish? Um, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, a new OC is something that would be exciting for me, though. I don't, I don't hate Gina and Emily with the passion that you both seem to. But um, oh no, 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 I it's not even with the passion you. because they're they're. It's um, not even hate. I feel like they're fine yeah. people. I just don't okay. want to okay. watch them. I don't find them entertaining. I don't find them funny. There's nothing about them that I could even derive anything anywhere near a passion for. Like, it's just like that boring. Like, it's like not even, it's like not even interesting enough to hate. I'm just like, I yeah. need. <laughs> Fair we enough. We just don't want them on the show. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I agree. Okay. <laughs> I guess my, my Bravo wish, it's not something that I think about very often, but I would, I would still love for them to find something to do that either spiritually or literally feels like a ladies of london mm. follow-up whether it's whether it's ladies yes. of london or whether it's like something with a similar vibe i i miss that that feeling and now that caroline stanbury is busy somewhere else i feel like we could like actually put our resources into it i don't know 100 percent. no i love that um b what about you i don't want much i just want new title cards for real housewives of new jersey Jennifer Aiden's been stuck in that same outfit since her day that she got on the fucking cast. Margaret only just replaced the pigtails on the title cards last year. We are so out of date. I think we need an entirely new intro. It's like the song can stay, but the whole look and everything. And it's like this weird baby blue mixed with like a lemony yellow kind of like tone. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. No. It's, yeah. It just doesn't the black, hit. They're in the black dresses. It's so bad. No. And for, for how. I didn't even think of it. Your guys' attention to detail is. Oh, my God. Same. It, for same such same. a colorful cast and such a colorful, fun show, you really don't get that from the visuals. And I think that a show that's as important as that um, deserves to have. Yeah, it, it makes no sense to me that Real Housewives of Beverly Hills gets to reshoot theirs every season and yeah. a show like yeah. New Jersey. Um, so I think yeah. in, terms of the, in terms of like the editing and stuff like that, the, some of the franchises, they've done such a good job at trying new things and making certain changes. And I yeah. think Potomac has felt really fresh this season and some of the editing. I mean, even la on last night's episode, the way they were. Uh, putting in like the, the shots of like the ocean turning red and then yeah. like the the matrix thing and like the animal it just it really worked and i think like miami is a is such a great mm. example of how you can make so, a show yeah. like that glossy and exciting Fun. and mm -hmm. yeah i think i wish bravo would sometimes apply that you know a little more creatively to their repertoire yeah 
And I just realized I really don't have a wish, but thinking about Miami and thinking about a new kind of version potentially of Orange County, I just want a continuation of good TV. Like there's a difference between talking about interesting and sometimes difficult subjects and conversations and having that talk and just like feeling bad while watching some of these shows. And some of that sometimes is connected to a, a network response or lack thereof. And sometimes it's just like not good TV. And I felt like the last season of New York was like truly bad TV <laughs> that did not endear me to the franchise in any way. So I guess my hope would be like more solid content programming, but also like I just have to say, cause I do feel like I'm contractually obligated to <laughs> that. I just want Shan to have like a fun Shan season. And you know, I, I don't know poor sweet Shan. Like I'm nervous with Tamara being back. I'm like nervous that they're just going to use Shan as a punching bag, which is tough to do because Shan already does that to herself. And I just really want my sweet, complicated, broken bird, Shannon Bador to like, Shannon Storms Bador, to find her wings and fly free. Like, enjoy life. Don't just tell us you're fun, Shan, now and again when you've had enough to drink. Like, be fun, Shan. Like, find the fun Shan from within would be my, <laughs> I, I just, I hope for her with like Orange County, whatever we see it. I just hope that, like, you know, Shan does Shan right. And also Tamara and the others. I just want, Crazy. I want sweet Shan to be okay. You ask for this every year but never get it. And you asking for it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like she's been at, she asks for this every year, people. I wish you and Shan all the best with that yes. uh, request. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> um, noting, by the way, that my sweatshirt literally says I did my best, which is the thing that Shannon probably tells herself every night. And I don't know how true it is, but I love her so much. And I just want her to be okay. And speaking of okay, this episode was much more than that. I'm so thankful to all of you. I have to say genuinely how thankful I am to know all of you. I think that one of the positives from being a member of the content creation universe and community is the fact that we are able to meet people from all over the fucking place and find each other in the language that we all mutually share and you have all been such incredible fr uh, friends to me personally in my life I'm so thankful to all of you and you know we've been through so much with like the pandemic and everything else and um I can't believe I'm crying and I literally can't specific reason why I asked each of you on the pod because I think that you are all your voices are so meaningful to me and I respect what you are communicating on social media on your podcasts on your platforms like I think your voices are meaningful and important and I'm so thankful to all of you for taking the time to do this episode personally to me for being such an incredible friend and just to have met you that's genuinely what i'm thankful for in this season of giving so i just wanted to say thanks guys you're gonna make thank me cry no <laughs> well i feel the same thank you so much for having us we're i'm, I'm yeah. so appreciative 
so guys, where's your, what's your fucking, you know, sell your shit? Like, uh, B, tell us. <laughs> Me first. <laughs> How to follow you, a little bit about the B list, mention it all. Just Pet Shop Boy um, on Instagram. I'm the underscore Pet Shop Boy on Twitter. Um, and I've got the B list, which is the podcast. You can listen to it anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, I've got Heather Gay as a guest this week. Um, I think I've got my friend Jonathan on next week, who's super fun. He's on Love. often, so if you listen, you know who he is. Um, and then um, I've got someone from that show, Siesta Key, um, that's from MTV. I don't know. It's, do you know that show? You know? <laughs> like you know? Live. I know. Yeah, really I sold that. Like no, but it's like, <laughs> it's from the creators, I believe, of The Hills, and it's on MTV. But this, the one of the, the star of it, Juliet Porter, I talk to her often in DM, but not about the show, about all of the other oh. shows. So I'm really interested oh, in having her on to talk a bit about her show, but then also just really talk to her about reality TV in general. Because I think that's so interesting to talk to people that are actively on reality TV to get their take on how production works and all of these other shows. So, yeah, it's I really love fun. That. that sounds incredible. Yeah. Um, Dill, where can people listen to mention it all and follow Bravo by Betches and you personally? Um, well, you can follow Bravo by Betches at Bravo by Betches as you, uh, you know, it's self-explanatory. <laughs> you can follow me at Dylan. You can follow me at Dylan Hafer on Instagram uh, and mention it all is wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, we do a really fun mix of solo episodes, episodes with other, you know, Bravo podcasters, voices, fun people, uh, Bravo celebrities. I just interviewed Leva today about her new show, oh. which was really fun. I liked uh, hearing what she had to say. We had Corey from Winterhouse on who was shockingly, uh, I don't mean this in a rude way, but like shockingly lovely to talk to. Um, <laughs> 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 That's like... Um, no, just like uh, like a himbo with a heart of gold, and um, I uh, yeah, we have some uh, other exciting stuff coming up. So check that out wherever you listen. Amazing, Katie, tell us. I'm sure it's obvious that I don't have a podcast. <laughs> this is no, it's not one of the very incredible. few podcasts I've done. Um, <laughs> you can follow me and my best friend Alexa at Bravo Betch. Um, and we also just started a mom's account not too long ago called at moms being petty. So you can check <laughs> that out that. too. And where can people tis the season for spending fucking well, cash. Where can people do it again? Do it again. You have so much great stuff that just launched shop The links in our bio on our Instagram. Uh, love that. Guys, speaking of fucking shopping, you know what my Christmas Hanukkah Kwanzaa <laughs> wish is? For you to join the Andy's Girls Patreon. It's the number one way to support the pod. You know what's a great stocking stuffer is joining the premium tier, the People's People's Couch, where you get the opportunity to record a Patreon bonus episode with yours truly. I am working on a Thanksgiving yada yada special bonus episode on the Patreon so as we shared what we are thankful and grateful for, I want to hear from you. Slide into my DMs on Instagram at Dame Galley. Shoot me an email at andysgirlsshow at gmail.com and let me know a moment 
uh, and a wish, whatever you are thankful for and also hopeful for, and they may be included in that Patreon episode. I also want to shout out um, a group of 20 content creators who came together this week to raise funds for an organization in Colorado Springs, which is called Inside Out Youth Services. Um, they are focused on working to build community with LGBTQ young people who deserve to be safe from threats of fear and violence. I think many of us uh, were horrified and deeply shocked by the devastating violence that happened in Colorado Springs at Club Q over the weekend. This is a great way to support an organization that is working to support young people directly in that area. And it's something that tw literally 20 Bravo content creators um, are helping fundraise for. So you can donate to that um, benefit for Inside Out Youth Services on my Instagram at Dame Galley. And I'm also including a link in the show notes for this episode. And I hope that you will support an organization that is absolutely deserving of your cash money this holiday season and beyond. Guys, on that note, Happy Thanksgiving. I'm so thankful to all of you. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. And guys, to all the AGs out there, I know that Thanksgiving and the holiday season can be a positive but also difficult time. However you are connecting or escaping <laughs> from the holidays, <laughs> we're sending all of you a lot of our love. And Lord knows that's why the Lord himself created BravoTV.com. And all of my thanks and gratitude that you continue to choose AG as the podcast of choice. We are pro- <laughs> here at the ag clubhouse also known as the clothis um anyway thanks to all of you for continuing to listen sharing your thoughts about these episodes and speaking this language that we love so well so i'm sending you all of my thoughts however you are spending your thanksgiving weekend kick off to the holiday season i hope it was a great one hope you enjoyed this episode and we will chat with you soon Bye bye Thank you.